0: Number four, Florida State, against unranked Clemson, the two-and-one Tigers. The quarterback sneak with Klopnik. (laughs) Touchdown! Throw and a touchdown,
1: Will Shipley. We built this program in God's name, image, and likeness.
0: Total domination by Clemson, Florida State averaging under two yards per play so far.
2: In God's name. Phil Maffa! Phil Maffa! Phil Maffa all the way to the Florida State 30. In God's name, image, and likeness.
0: He's getting killed. Oh, no, no, no. He's not getting killed. He's getting mad.
1: This program. Suck it, Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show. Good Goodbye,
3: everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well on Twitter. It's Cameron Show. And away we go. We continue to talk about basket the glory of a win on the road against Clemson but one that continues the conversation about uh, the need to get right. But uh, you could do both, and you can do so with a smile on your face when you're 4-0, and that really is what it comes down to. Florida State has found a way, while not playing their best football, that's for sure, in a lot of key areas, uh, they have found a way to win football games and win these games against the two teams that we circled before the start of the season and said, hey, it's going to be a rough road. Can you go 1-1 one one in those games against LSU and Clemson? That's what we talked about. Uh, Florida State went 2-0 in games against LSU and Clemson. Mixed in there was a rather disconcerting game against Boston College. Yes. Didn't see that one coming. Uh that said too, Tom, I, I don't wanna continue to dwell on some of the negatives, but at one point when I looked up and I think it was twenty eight to nothing or thirty five to nothing, Louisville over Boston College in the second quarter, I thought, Hmm, well the That has a problem. (laughs) They don't seem to be having the same issues we do uh, with that team, and either did Holy Cross. So it's a strange set of circumstances for Florida State, but it's one in which they're 4-0. They keep winning, and they can right the ship now and get healthy and figure out what they are offensively. I'm interested to see, again, I I mentioned this in the first hour, and I'll mention it again because – I don't think Mike is stubborn. I don't think he's a guy that, you know, listen, we've got a lot of evidence that Mike Norvell is a good offensive play caller and that his teams find ways to, to move the football, even when the personnel is lacking like they did a few years ago. And so I know he's not going to allow for this sort of stagnant, all-or-nothing approach to offense that we have right now uh, to really be the standard, to be the norm. I'm sure he's beside himself with this. You know, he's proud of his team because they've proven to be mentally tough. And in some ways, they've proven to be physically tough, too. Uh, they are. They, they, they have proven that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But knowing the way he works and the way that he, you know, obviously he's in control of the offense, he's got to be beside himself that they're not getting the most out of this talent. And so whether that's personnel up front on the offensive line, I think some of it is, or whether that's just committing yourself to being something you didn't want to have to be, um, I think things will change. Uh, the other part of that is, and this is the big question mark, Jordan Travis's health what what is he right now what percentage is he what it what's his mindset what I don't know the answer to that clearly he's bothered the the, the shoulders bothering him I think there's something else in there too that it something's I, I I'm not saying I know I don't know but he will not run <laughs> he will not run and they certainly don't call it for him to run either yeah say for the fourth down conversion really you're not seeing it so that's not even a, a an aspect of our offense, and he's an elite runner. Now, he proved along the way that he could morph from being an elite athlete and runner to a really, really good quarterback, a top 10 college quarterback, right? He turned into that. But that doesn't mean you have to discard this other aspect of what you do exceptionally well. So juggling all of that, the personnel on the offensive line, the personnel at wide receiver and tight end, your quarterback, his situation health-wise, all of it, that's the dilemma he finds himself in now and I wonder, you know, when I say commit to being something you didn't want to be, the reason I say that is that Mike is going to want to run the ball. He's always run the ball. They find ways to run the ball even when they seemingly can't run the ball. Hell, last year's Clemson game, we didn't think they'd be able to run the ball. They ran the ball over Clemson way better. You know, yeah. Much better, right? Yeah. So, but Jordan's legs were a part of that. That was the threat of his legs were a part of that too. And it's fascinating to to watch this now play out because I think you could make an argument if you wanted to. That, man, we should spread you out and chuck it. I mean, you've got... Now, you think about what you could put out on the field right now and in, the, in the terms of athleticism, like a Destin Hill, being out there with... Who? <laughs> I know. You could be out there with a Keon Coleman, Could be out there with a Johnny Wilson. Could be out there with a Jaheim Bell. Be out there with the Marquiston Douglas, or I hated to see Marquiston drop the screen. God, he oh, finally man, got an opportunity. He just dropped it. Could be a significant uh, gain. Yeah, it would have been. It's a great play call.
2: Um, but you know, be out there with Morlock, but you've got other guys you know they're not using Winston Wright at all. uh, Destin was on the field for the fourth and ten. I can confirm that because we saw the replay with Keon getting his arm tugged, yeah, enough, yeah, and Destin looked like they got his face mask too, so yeah,
3: no, it's exciting to see what I'm curious to see what they do um because I think you can do that. I think you can decide, you know what we're going to be a pass first team and not a run first team, and that's where we have the chance to be most efficient it's where we have the chance to be more explosive. And right now it feels like a 50-50 offense. It's one of those things where you just throw it up to a guy if, if if the second you see singles, you just throw it up to him and i i could see where that's appealing because you have a Keon Coleman, because you have a Johnny Wilson, but those are
2: low percentage plays. That's not a that's not an offense either by the way. No, that's not an offense. And it's not what we saw in camp. It's not at like, all what we saw in you camp. You know, there there were a lot of 50-50 type throws where those guys made great catches. Yes, but that wasn't the offense in camp. I go back to uh, a practice I cite often, which is the Saturday night in Doak. We were sitting there in the stands, and remember how Jordan came out firing. They were desperate in a situation. The defense had gotten them to third or fourth down. I forget what it was. But he makes three unbelievable throws in a row. The first one is over the middle of the field Mm -hmm. to a kid named Winston Wright. Like It's a gotta-have-it moment, and he throws it over the middle of the field to Winston Wright. That's a thing that happened in camp. So it's not like this has been coming, everybody, and, and we didn't want to tell you because there's an embargo in camp that we're going to be too tights, too wide, and we're just going to chuck the ball down the field like it's NFL Blitz or something all over and over again. There has been sequencing. There has been yep. involvement of the guys over the middle and the slot receivers and, and a greater rotation of the receivers. Some of that, I think, was game plan for this week because you didn't see a whole lot of, of Darion and Deuce. like They would go two-for-two two substitutions against LSU. You had the throw to Darion, which uh, a little slot fade that he didn't fade on. I, I have no idea what the hell that was. It was a strange time to go to 21. But you didn't see wholesale changes the way that we have in the past either. So I think the game plan was to run too tight most of the day. They did do the double stacks uh, outside as well. But uh, if you're trying to ask, what was his plan? And then what was the secondary plan? I don't have a great answer for you. I don't either. I, I it's, This is back-to-back weeks where we've kind of, thought
3: to ourselves, hmm, something's amiss.
1: Yeah. You
3: know, that's the better way of saying it. Like, I, Mike knows that that's not what they do. That's not what they want to run. I mean, it, I hear see people on, you know, in your inbox or on social media, like, oh, can somebody please tell Mike we have slot risk? Yeah, man, he knows. He brought him in. He knows. We watch practice, they throw it to him. So he didn't just, like, forget they were there. There's something about, how they're currently constructed, whether it's the offensive line issues and the inability to run the ball, whether it's Jordan's health
2: or his decision making—that's in play too.
3: Yeah, it is. At this point, you got to ask. I mean, he, yeah, it's it's been very, very curious. So, I I do I do find it fascinating to see them win a game this way. They they won the game, and it's huge. It's to get that monkey off your back, to get that win there, to put yourself, as I said in the first hour, in the catbird seat, to be able to now. All your goals are there. They're all on the table. You won the two biggest games you had to win, but everybody would admit, aesthetically, it's less than pleasing. They've got some things they got to clean up. They got to figure out. And I can't know 100%. I have my suspicions. I've talked about those things. I do think they've got some personnel issues up front. I, Byers has not played well. Got benched at the end of this game. Um, you know, it's it's fascinating to see what they'll do there. I suspect, as do you. That if Robert Scott's healthy, he'll start at left tackle. They move Bless Harris over to right tackle. If you're going to play Byers, I think they're going to play him at guard because he can really get out and pull. He can move for a big man. He has struggled at tackle. Um, if you don't play him, then you're gonna, probably going to play Washington somewhere in there because he's played well
2: when he's had the opportunity. You do need Mo to stay healthy. You hold your breath every week with that guy. He's a tough, I, tough dude. I, I think that's why they might hold out Darius, you know, play for play though because you need an insurance policy at center if if Mo can't can't play. And so I think that's why there's a hesitation to play Darius at right tackle because you haven't you haven't fortified your center depth. Now there is time. This is the other part about this season. Yeah, you do season. Have time. Yeah. You know, 2014 was a frustrating year for a lot of reasons, but it can teach you something, which is you're allowed to develop solutions in season two. Old Big Rod Johnson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Entered yeah. the middle of the season. That's right. Remember Big Rod Johnson. I love Big Rod Johnson. He spelled Cam Irving from left tackle. Cam yeah. became the new center. And played very well. And that offensive line became the best I think it's ever been in my time. Watching yeah, the starting Kobe five
3: State. were really, really good, yeah.
2: From that point moving forward, that offensive line was badass. So that is an example of a young player becoming an option as the season goes along. I'm not saying that in the offensive line they have a young player who's ready to do that. I'm just saying across the board, safety, maybe some plays at receiver, corner, running back, whatever it is. You can find new solutions to a problem and they can be developed as solutions in the middle of the season that's the thing that happens and now you have a bye week in Virginia Tech so if I'm a backup right now these are two critical weeks of practice for me to get a chance so I would ask you this and this is what I find fascinating
3: again kind of kind of trying to figure out how we arrived at this place. People were like, well, we, why don't we ever throw the ball to the middle of the field? Well, I mean, think about the LSU game. The Keon Coleman touchdowns was to the middle of the field. It's That's a what you, It's a slant. Yeah. You're running a slant. They've called slants. Yeah. They had an offense that looked like it was diverse in that game. I mean, you had oper- that second half, yeah. when you're oiled up and running, man, you're doing some things there. Yeah. You worked in the running game. You had you attacked the middle of the field. You did a lot of things. You had that throw back to Jaheem. You had all these things that were incorporated in. This is the anomaly. It's not like Mike is just lined it up every week like jeff bowden used to do and just here's a nine here, you know here, here, yeah. go route go route i mean that's not what he's been about so it, you know yeah. this is not what he wants to run and i'm curious again if it's personnel or if it's frustrating i'm curious i'd love to be a fly on the wall for the conversation with jordan i i have a feeling that there has to be a come to jesus conversation between those
2: two and i, I he's and he's never going to talk about no, that, that that's correct and that can go both ways though yes, that conversation can. can go both ways and say look man This is what—we've got horses at receiver, and I don't want to wait around for Trey to figure it out. I love the kid—like, they're friends. You know what I mean? I'm just talking about when you're being cold-blooded. I don't want to wait around and see if Jeremiah can figure it out at right Right, right tackle. The better option to me, instead of running into the middle of the line because we can't figure out what we're supposed to do and counter— is I'd rather throw the ball up to Keon and Johnny. I think he's, that's a better pass. Well, that's to what he's going
3: to say, right? Yeah.
2: But we have
3: more than those routes. We run oh, other agree. things. And yeah. and he's going to stop the film and say, Who's open right here in the middle of the damn Dude. field that you didn't look at?
2: Exactly. That was me getting in character. Right. And, yeah, being, yeah, yeah, and yeah. making the yeah. argument that Jordan Yeah. Was
3: and then I'm going to pull up the tape and go, Well, why don't we take a look here?
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Let's like, roll that beautiful uh, bean footage. Yeah. Let's take a look at this here.
2: Tony? Uh, yeah. Uh,
3: Tony? <laughs> <laughs> if you would, please. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's fascinating, and it's just again, it's a soap opera, uh, opera like, uh, you know, look at the glimpse of the season that we're having because things. You're four zero. You beat Clemson on the road. You ended a losing streak. You're in total control of your own destiny. You won the two biggest games you had to win. You clearly have shown evidence that the culture is
2: is healthy. That's how you're tough. That's how you're still in a game where you're not playing well. That's the other thing in the grand scheme of uh, roster building. And this is not the way that we want to sustain our success at Florida State is by going into the portal. But the thought is they ran the graphic, the cartoon graphic. of it. That was pretty funny, actually. But that you are the team that has the grit and the toughness and the heart. Yeah. And you have all these transplants that come in. You would think the one that would crack and fold under that pressure would be the one that, that is from all over the country, all corners, all levels of football, FCS, whatever. That would be the team that would crack. Not the one that has been... That has seen continuity under the same head coach for several years. Yeah, no, so they they brought that's a these feather
3: in the cap. It is, it's huge. He brought these kids into a healthy culture, and they adapted. And but you do wonder, you know, if you lose a game here, or there, what would that continue? And so you you that won't know. Happened yet? But they haven't lost, right? Yeah. Hopefully, we're all just wondering at the end of a twelve and zero season. I wonder what would have happened, but we
2: went twelve and zero. And then for Clemson, a four-loss season. I wonder, you know, they were really getting together and then they quit on Dabo and I mean, what could have been? I think they actually were about to go and go on a big run, but they just lost too many football games. You know, that's an interesting point, Jonathan. Um
3: yeah, that's funny. Jonathan writes, this is going to sound weird, but confident Jordan, borderline cocky, I don't like. I like the humble Jordan that goes around keeping the offensive players in it. Something seems off. I, I don't know if it's that. It could be. But something seems off. And, and we've all kind of you know thrown things against. We're just spitballing here. Nobody really knows. I don't know. I can't confirm that. But something doesn't look right, feel right. I, it could be as simple as they can't run the ball. You know. And, and now right. you could, you know, really that affects everything. So you Now could, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do now, right? Yeah. So they can't run the ball. And I've been complaining about this. I complained after the Southern Miss game. I complained after our win against LSU. And people kind of looked at me side-eyed. And I was like, guys, we're not winning first down. We don't win first down. And I've got a problem with the fact that we're always in third and fourth down. We get in there way too often. Brought this up because I didn't like the lack of efficiency. We're, we're not. You know, if you're out-athleting people, that's one thing, but you're not always going to be
2: able to do that. Correct, but you won't have to do it against very many tougher defenses than this one. Oh, that's a good one. Clemson's defense is good, legitimate good. And in the second quarter, Jordan was a hero. The things he did to get us down there and to score 14 points, that was an incredible quarter. You wish that the offense maybe could have taken that as a cue to jumpstart and keep going, but they didn't. You had a splash play to start the third quarter, 40 yards to Johnny. From there, I tracked it for the postgame show, Your next 17 plays, you're averaging under three yards a play. It's it's a stretch of ghastly play. It is. But then he makes the throw in overtime. After you lose on first down again, you're running to Jaheim Bell. They're searching, man. Your, first play, yeah, your overtime... first play in
3: overtime is a run to Jaheim Bell with Woo. Benson leading the way? What in the hell? You're
2: searching at that point. That's, that's well, the only yeah, explanation. But that's a desperation
3: to run the ball. He wants to be able to run the ball. And it's just not happening with the personnel currently. And so that's the frustration he feels. You know, I get in overtime, you're already set up with the ball on the 25-yard line. If you have a one-on-one with Keon, that's not a bad decision. I, I don't have a problem with that. Obviously, the kid went up and made the play Play. But another reason is because you re- recognize the Wiggins kid went out. He got mm-hmm. hurt. It's part of it. And when yeah. he's out, now now we're down the depth chart here. Because I will give credit where credit's due. Clemson's corners played well.
2: They did. Mm-hmm.
3: And Clemson's linebackers are really good. They're the kind of linebackers I'd like to see here in the
2: rotation. But the play of the game was made by a Florida State linebacker. Not
3: knocking. I'm not knocking our two starting linebackers. And
2: yes, Tatum delivered some thunder. He's like, enough of this quarterback counter. Yeah, I'm not.
3: Done. I am not knocking Tatum Bethune and DeLoge. I'm just saying we're pretty thin after that. Pretty thin after that. It gets a little shaky.
2: You know what's not shaky, though?
3: speed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. You always know. I do know. And, you know, sometimes you can have too much of a good thing. And you can say to yourself, how in the world are there 122 Zaxby's in one town? Yep. It's bizarre. But that's Tallahassee. 122 Zaxby's here in the capital city. Tallahassee
2: fell in love with Zaxby's and Zaxby's fell in love with Tallahassee. 122. For some reason right now, maybe it's because it's delicious, but the crinkle cut fries are calling my name right now. Specifically... What about the uh, the thick cut pickles? Well, of course.
3: My oldest son loves pickles. He eats pickles all the time. I, when mm. I was a kid, I hated pickles, but their pickles are good. really yeah. I did all kinds. No sweet pickles. Like, I like sweet okay, pickles. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, The bread I can do butter the, chips and I
2: can do the relish and all that. Yeah, but right. I, didn't, I didn't like re- regular old dill pickles. Didn't like. Them. I think I'd be going to the the drive through. I'd say, can I get the uh, the, cr- the crinkle cut fries value menu? <laughs> and they're like what? And what? No, no. Just hold the sandwich. Give me the double crinkle cut fries. So, credit to, um, credit to Zaxby's
3: and their support of Florida State football as well. 18 years, golden chief. 18 plus. Going to be 19. Soon. It's a glorious thing. Um, but, hey, they have other things like those platters. You can get a ton of, ton of those chicken strips on the platters. They're delicious. Graze all day. Zax sauce to boot. Zaxby's, we appreciate you. 122 locations. My goodness. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chated TV. time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money Protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30 plus years of planning experience and world class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. I think you mentioned this, but uh, I should officially get it out there today for everybody. The ACC announcing that the October the 7th game against Virginia Tech will start at 3.30, air on ESPN or ABC. We'll see with a uh, designation coming after this weekend's game. Knowles obviously are 4-0, a 2-0 in the ACC. That is the other thing about this, is here we sit in the bye week. we already got two ACC games uh,
2: on the road, one. Mm. It's weird. It is. And yeah. uh, and if you look at the bottom of the standings, there's one team that's 0-2. They might have been joined later in the evening, but they wear orange and yeah. white. Yeah, and they've got to be
3: kind of bum-fuzzled by that, because I know they know they're better than that. 0-2 in the ACC. My goodness. Tough times. Tough times. Uh, so, we, uh, we, we had that. We had a weekend of uh, park-your-ass Saturday games, and we survived it. It's always fun to look around at everybody else and do so when you are victorious. Again, all of the conversations that center around the things we think we could do better are happening after a 4-0, uh, a 4-0 start. So that's, I remember many times where that was not the case, and it's just an easier conversation to have because you can you can digest that and say, yeah, well, this has got to get better, and hopefully they're able to do this, and in due time this guy will get healthy. Just, it's weightier if you've lost games because of it. Instead, Florida State's won them. And so you have the discussion and you talk about it and you say, "Oh, right, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We get this, get this. Well, maybe change personnel here. Maybe have a conversation here and we'll see where they go. Got time now. IrashafelWarchant.com joins us every Monday. Going to join us right now. In fact, hello, Ira. How the hell are you, brother?
1: I am great, Jeff. How
3: are you doing? Good, man. I'm glad we're talking about this after a freaking 4-0 start and and wins in the two biggest games. It's just the strangest. This is why we love college football. It's kind of what I talked about to the start uh the day was that, you know, they're 4-0. They're mentally tough, clearly. They found ways to win games, and they haven't even come close to playing their best football, I don't think. And if they find it, the rest of college football is going to be thinking we should have got them when we could have.
1: Yeah, and I I was actually thinking about this earlier today. It would have been a neat exercise uh, for me or Corey to pretend we were covering Clemson and write what we would want to write after that game if we were Clemson b writers. because you just lost with a loaded roster. I mean, one of the probably five most talented rosters in college football, you're at home, you had a 10-point lead two different times, and you lost the game. Mm I would imagine that uh, they're a lot more frustrated right now than Florida State fans are with, with what they have to con- be concerned about.
3: It's interesting, by the way. You're right. I love that exercise because I know just from having read your piece and also heard you in the postgame, you came away really impressed with Clemson. The atmosphere, the talent, the kid at quarterback and club nick, all of that stuff. Their corners were awesome, by the way. I thought they played rugged. I love their linebacker play. They're good up front. And yet here they sit 2-2, two and two, and Florida State's 4-0 and oh, – I think if you're a Clemson writer, you'd be saying, well, uh, we can look at this one of two ways. How the hell did we just lose that game? Two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you, Dabo. And then number two, you'd say, we're about to be good. Like, they're good. Like, Florida State needed to win that game because Clemson's going to be good again, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think if you look at them last year, the thing that kept them from being really good was their quarterback. And I think they've solved that problem. Um, and you know, I don't know if they're as elite as they want to be at wide receiver, uh, but those young guys can play, mm-hmm. and and they've done it. You know, they've just done a really good job recruiting. I think they've got a much better uh, situation with their coordinators now. That was the other thing; it was obviously a negative. They had to make a change there. And um, yeah, man, no, they're 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 the Duke game is such an anomaly, and I think. I think that's what's souring some FSU fans a little bit is I think people thought because the way they looked against Duke that that meant that Florida State was just going to steamroll them. Then that game was just yeah. Uh, they could, Duke, Clemson Duke could play twenty times and it would I think Clemson would win easily eighteen of them, but they just kept turning the ball over, shooting themselves in the foot. Duke played well and that's what happened. They also, it was on the road. I mean, I think Florida State got Clemson's best shot. And to your point, the reason I I did feel so good about what they did is they got Clemson's best shot. Clemson had two weeks to really prepare for this game. It was at home, and Florida State still found a way to win the game.
3: And I'm still wondering how. Um, It's it's crazy. If you tell me before this game they're going to have no semblance of a running game uh, throughout most of the afternoon, and they're just simply not going to be able to block it up, uh, I would think, well, then how do you win? How do you have a way to win? So they are tough. They, they do hang in there. And they make big plays in moments where they have to make big plays. And, you know, obviously they dial up the blitz in that situation and create their own luck uh, by forcing a turnover there. But it is it is something because I, I think on the one hand we're trying to balance the praise for 4-0 with the reality of the need to get a lot better while also appreciating the fact that they could go win a game, that the program is in this position to go win a game like that while not even playing all that well. It's just it's a weird deal. Like, whenever I praise them, I guess, Ira, I feel guilty because in the back of my head, I think, man, they got a lot to get better. But whenever I rip them, I feel guilty because I'm like,
1: they're 4-0! <laughs> well, and I think the thing is, what I, what I, what I would, if I was a Florida State fan that was trying to figure out how to feel right now, I think I would be heartened by the fact that the things where they have to get better, you know they can get better. Like, if Jordan Travis gets healthy, that fixes a lot. Um, I think if you believe in Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell and their ability to to adjust what they do from a scheme standpoint and what they're asking the offensive linemen to do, I think you'd feel good about that. They've proven that they're good at that. And I think once you got into the season and you lost a couple offensive linemen, I think it was probably they're, they're just trying to get through. Now you've got this week or two. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we'll see. Maybe they get Robert Scott back and that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. But and Jordan Travis gets healthy. But I also wouldn't be surprised if, if Atkins and Norvell take some time now to really assess what they're asking that line to do and maybe adjust some things.
3: Yeah, I think they're going to have to. And I am curious, um, you, you brought up getting Jordan Travis healthy. Clearly that's affecting the way he plays. And and because he, there really is, outside of down by the goal line or fourth and short he really just doesn't want to run and they're not calling any plays for him to run, save for those instances. So that, that tells me something is wrong. There's no doubt.
1: Yeah. And he also, you know, you could see it under his uniform. He mm-hmm. had a, uh, some sort of brace or strap over his shoulder. He also talked about it during the game. Somebody asked him, did you tweak your shoulder during the game? And he started, he just kind of chuckled basically like, yeah, man, it's it's been tweaked. Um, and I think, you know, that's kind of, the reality of it. But I think, and I think it, I wondered how it would affect him in, in terms of not being willing to run the football. But I think it also affected him from a passing standpoint because I think he was very reluctant to step into throws if he thought there was any chance he was going to get hit. And those are things we've seen him do before. But I think he got pretty strict instructions, unless it's in those situations you just talked about fourth down, where you got to have it, or at the goal line, where you got to have it, anything else. You need to protect yourself to save this team, and I think you saw Jordan do that. So, if he can get feel better and get healthy in the next couple of weeks, I think that changes a lot of things offensively.
3: Yeah, and I'm hoping that is the case. Now, defensively, I think it's a weird team too. I mean, for for all that we're just you know searching for on offense, the tale of two halves is this foot is this uh, defense. It's it's this way every week. I I mean, I am curious if we see a much more. Kind of strip down, man. Aggressive, get after it approach to start games from this point forward. When they do that, they play their best football.
1: Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, yeah, I man, I definitely liked it. Uh, you know what we saw in the second half of that game, and I think that um, you know, I, and that's the thing. Like, I've never felt like personnel was the problem, um, so I think that they can you know figure it out. Well, I'm not saying it's strictly play calling either. Sometimes I think it's trying to figure it all out, and so I think it's a situation where they're, um, you know, they're trying to figure it out, and I think you, you've got a better um, uh, feel for it at this point. And maybe sometimes it's the personality of your players. Sometimes guys don't want to play zone or don't want to play; they just aren't as comfortable. So at this point now, they've got to figure it out and, and come out, like you said, establishing it defensively in the first half.
3: Be very curious to see too. Um... You know, how much you and I could have never guessed, I don't think. I i, I certainly didn't. I'll, I'll point it back at me. I could not have realized the importance of Akeem, Akeem Dent. Uh, right. But, buddy, they need him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, like everybody else. I mean, I, 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 I like Kevin Knowles and Nickel, um, and I thought, you know, the way Adam Buller talked him up, I really thought that might be a seamless transition. Um, but he is not – very good to
3: me. No, so, no.
1: We'll have to see. see yeah. Appreciate
3: it, brother. Be good. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yep. IrishFellWarchant.com. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to have a conversation about... Well, almost lost it over there. We good? <laughs> we lost power for a second. Uh, kind of good to have a conversation about uh, the things that you have to fix when when you can also describe certain options. Not just that you're 4-0, but certain options. So, like, okay, well... So, for example, we were doing this with Byers just a moment ago, and prob- probably going to have to 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 either move him or sit him. I mean, it's not working. He has struggled. There's no getting around that. Clearly, when you look at uh, the situation with uh, Knowles, we we I agree, Ira. I thought it would be something that he'd transition nicely with. Hasn't happened. Really, has been a liability doesn't mean he can't help this team doesn't mean he's not part of something else you do defensively but as as this as the starter he's he's been he's really struggled in that role and um you know where he struggles too is tackling by the way really struggles to tackle he's undersized
2: he's undersized it's unfortunate but no. it's but it's your reality it is and um it seems to find you when that's your reality, too. You it's know, like the baseball
3: when you're in Little League and you're yeah. unsure of yourself and you're playing a position that you're not comfortable in. The ball is going to find you. You're going to be forced to make a play. And it happens a lot with him. You're like, oh, one-on-one, here we uh he missed the tackle again. Okay.
2: Some of it is Shipley, but it's not always just Shipley. You know? Well,
3: and that's not an enviable task, man. That kid's good and yeah. strong. He can hurdle. Yeah. Good Lord. I'm tired of him. He feels like he's been there forever, and somebody mentioned today that he's – a junior? He could come back? Well, sir, why would you want to come back after a four-loss season, dude? Going all the way back, and we've got a break here, but I want to go all the way back to that Duke game. Clemson's stat line and the Duke stat line, it's, you talk about turnovers playing the, yeah, the role here. Riley Leonard was 17 of 33 for 175 yards and no touchdowns pedestrian by definition it was his legs yeah he ran the ball eight times and scrambled on the one really really long one the 44 yeah the 44 yarder that was a hell of a run but that really kind of makes up the bulk of his yardage because if you take away the 44 yard run he has eight carries for less than 50 yards really not that impactful it's the one long run so that's weird now you look at receiving Clemson gave up let's see Duke's leading receiver had five receptions for 32 yards. Their next best was three for 46, but I'm just t- talking about total catches. Nobody had over 50 yards receiving for Duke. So you would look at those numbers and say, huh, Oh, well, that is strange.
2: It's an interesting spot because we're all opportunistic in this world. Uh, Clemson goes on the road to play Syracuse this weekend. Where's their head? That's all that is. Exactly. That's, might, where's their head? I might lay off of that one. It's also a sleepy nooner at Syracuse. This is not a good circumstance to go on the road if you're Clemson. Emotional, physical game, you lose. Uh Syracuse will have circled this. You know, they played where well, they play Army last weekend, so they've been prepping. It was a close game into the second half against Army, by the way. And so if they struggle, but let's say they win that game 27 17 or something along those lines. You're gonna get very nice value for Clemson when they host Wake Forest in a couple weeks. And maybe you might catch uh, catch old Vegas napping a little bit there. You could. I will say this. We just came off a
3: park your ass Saturday, and I parked it. I <laughs> parked it, buddy. I was cozied up with my lazy boy. We were in a good place together. I had what I needed and a bunch of beautiful football in yeah. front of me. It was glorious. But the sneak peek ahead for this week is kind of interesting. Friday night is a great game between Utah and Oregon State. Two top 20 teams, two pretty good football teams. Cam Rising should start for that game. So now all of a sudden we got us the real Utah, and they've survived. They won 14-7 against UCLA, mm-hmm. and they weren't any good. Now think about this. They haven't been good at quarterback all year because their starter is out, and they've won those games. they got to be feeling a little bit like us in the sense that they're they're undefeated. Now they get their guy back. Oregon State's got a very good quarterback. Uncle A's played, playing really well. So here we go, right? You got that game. We can all enjoy Freud with another dominant performance as Southern Cal beats Colorado by 100, just the way Oregon could have and did for much of the day. That was comical and predictable, and that's why I won money on it. And we go from there. Florida on the road to Kentucky. Georgia-Auburn, nah, because Auburn's not any good. But, okay. Kansas-Texas? Leopold will have the boys ready. Could be a good game. That would be King Leopold. I like Leopold. Good coach. Kansas 4-0, buddy. Ranked in the top 25
2: on the road to Texas. I'm just going to trust your board. Don't bet to get somebody when they're hot. LSU's on the road at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh,
3: other decent games, 7-30, prime time, Wallace Wade. You don't roll on into Wallace Wade. Notre Dame at Duke. Oh, Where's Notre Dame's head at? Duke's feeling very good about themselves. 4-0 playing dominating. D kicked the bejesus out of you. God, we didn't mess with that one. Yep, agreed. 40-burger. South Carolina at Tennessee. That's about it. But still, that's, hey, those are pretty good. Pretty good slate. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Whatever you say, I agree. (laughs) While I'm on fire? Yes. While I'm on fire. How bad is Michigan beat Nebraska this weekend? You tell me, because I'll bet it. Let's see if I can get it. I think I can get that one. Now, Nebraska did pull their quarterback. That was a good decision. Somebody get this man a coffee. (laughs) (laughs) It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Orchard TV. Hey, guys. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning. When I wake up, I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to uh, – all you got to do is go to uh, – Drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I
0: promise. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com.
1: Camera
3: 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good old Tom Waits. Yes, always good. Power Mill, let's do it. Let's get to s- hey, baseball's fun, fun, fun right now. Said that at the end of last week, saying it right now. Here we go. Good times, good times with that. Uh, Power Mill Training Academy, powering performance, equipping and motivating your young athletes who are focused on baseball and or softball, and they need the tools to succeed, have fun playing the game, or become elite. Either way, you want to go to Power Mill, Power Mill Training Academy, PowerMillSports.com. Cue it up,
2: sir. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables?
3: We're in the bottom of the fifth. It is two to 2-2, two. Arizona and the Yankees. That is Merrill Kelly and Clark Schmidt. Not a big slate today, guys. Texas, Anaheim, John Gray, Patrick Sandoval, Astros, Mariners. We've got Justin Verlander and Luis Castillo. Padres, Giants, Blake Snell. Man, has he been good. Insanely good. Logan Webb going for the Giants. And finally tonight, looks like it's going to be postponed. D-backs, White Sox, that was to be determined, and it will be to be determined tomorrow. Weird, because I have the D-backs already on a game, so they switched it over. I don't know. They're finishing this one. Weird. That's a look at those. The showers out of the bump. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't guess. You wouldn't guess, Tommy, that you would have more work to do coming out of a a four-game stretch in which you win them all and uh, defeat. LSU convincingly and Clemson on the road. You wouldn't think, golly, we have more work to do right now to figure things out than we did going into week one. But I think that's true. Yeah, there's a lot. There's just a it's, lot on your plate right now as a coach over there. If you're Norvell right you, you can see it. It's all in his head. Watch him processing that stuff. That's the look I'm talking about. He's processing a lot of stuff right now
2: about his frustrations. I think the defensive questions are easier to answer. Well, because you can only really seemingly do one thing, so. Right, and you've got one weakness, and that's you need to cultivate another option at, at safety. And you need to figure out what wrinkles you can add that they can actually implement and use. Because it doesn't seem like there are many wrinkles that you can add and that we can implement and use at, at the moment. I think we're we're pretty simple. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, I see a lot of comments this weekend and, and heard it on the postgame show about, can we cover a slant? When you're, well, you're man-to-man across the board. Your slant is a good no, route. We're against We're playing man-to-man. outside
3: leverage, and they're going to come inside and make those plays. But they took it away in the second half for the most part. Well, the fourth quarter.
2: The fourth, yes, there is the greedy Vance, though, yeah, in the third yeah, now. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, that's hurtful. But when you play man-to-man, that's going to happen from time to time. you got to force them to make throws into tight, contested windows. But every defense that you run has a weakness. See the defense we ran in the first half. A lot of them. Lot of weaknesses with that defense. <laughs> yes, you think you know. The um, yeah. touchdown play is an angle route to Shipley, yeah, and yeah, you're trying yeah. to pass off between linebacker yeah, and corner. Tough. Yeah, like that's not Azaria's fault. I, to me, that's on the scheme. That's a good call into the teeth of you're trying to switch and do the, do these things that we aren't apt. Well, right now. it's a different discussion. It's a it's, it's certainly a different talking point
3: when Clemson makes plays with really good players such as Will Shipley, as opposed to Boston College, where receivers are running
2: wide-ass open in the middle of the field. That's a very different conversation. Now, they did. I I had a counter going in the first half, and I got over five of wide-open dudes over the middle of the field that were either hit or not, and it was alarming. Yeah. But it's because the scheme looked the same to the Boston College scheme. Yep. Like, yeah, I think, I think we were installing against BC for what we were going to do against Clemson. That's my work in theory.
3: Well, we that too high shell. Can we stop that? That's right. That, yeah. hmm Yeah. So there you go. But I will see. We'll see if they do. We'll see if they do. I mean, I'm not saying never maybe run do it. that with a yeah. Pro- probably works out a little bit better. Yeah, I think I think so. But that that I don't mind giving credit where credits due. Though I mean. I think Clemson's got good players. I thought it was a good hire in the off season when they brought Riley in, and it looks like they're gonna get on the same page there. He's got a kid he can work with, got burgeoning talent at wide receiver. So, uh, you know, I'm glad we got him when we got him, and I'm glad that the losing streak is over. And you're in, a, they're in an unenviable position right now for the rest of this campaign, anyhow. And we're in an enviable position because we get, we have the luxury of fixing these issues while going into a bye week, and sitting in the top five.
2: The results matter. Do not get me wrong. Um, you know, I felt that way in the post game. was this is a result over process moment. And I still kind of feel that way. you got so much time to worry about what we need to fix and discuss that and vet that out and see what practice looks like. We get practice tomorrow and Wednesday. So channel will be out there. You'll have mm-hmm. the coverage. But if Clemson had beaten Duke 24-21, And let's just say that that had happened. And they're top 10 in the country. And we get the result that we got this weekend. Are we freaking out? Or are we saying, man, we beat a top 10 team that gave us their best shot on the road? I think we freak out a little bit less. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is, while Clemson did lose that ball game, and Duke did beat Clemson 28-7, I think that's a good Clemson team that we just beat that gave us their best. That's a good – that defense specifically that's I said if we is were doing, very, very yeah. good. It'd be hard to
3: uh, do a show today at Clemson because on the one hand, as a host, you'd want to tell the fans to calm down. They're about to be good. On the other hand, you'd say, man, what the hell – We didn't hell? have to lose that game. We didn't have to lose that game. We didn't that have game. to I lose I mean, we kind of probably shouldn't have lost that game. Yeah, right. yeah you know, it's right. weird. It's – uh, well, and then also the way you lost. I mean, it's an excuse. What, what's, what are you doing with the kicker? What are you doing?
2: And what? I mean, well, it's the bubble that, that'll well, be talked I'm, about more. I know, but, yeah. but I it's mean, twenty-nine yards for crying out loud! But I'm saying, why is that guy your kicker? What are yeah. you doing? He was a well, walk-on. And then their kickoff specialist has thunder leg. You can't go spike the ball and let him try from sixty. Come on.
3: Well, Dabo that said earlier a, this year he could
2: make it from seventy. Well, give him a shot then. Get and
3: up I, to the damn line of scrimmage and spike the ball. And I yelled. Well, can he make it from 40? Because I don't care if he can make it from 70, if he can't make it from 40.
2: Clearly, the answer is no. You went out and <laughs> got a dude off the street. Right. Um. So, also, by
3: the way, we can now exhale for another reason. There is no
2: Platinum bohica coming our way. Ooh. It is over. Boy, if you saw it is over. from their defense, and that's a good offensive coordinator that they got, and they have, if they had won that game, you'd, you'd, you'd be... You'd be circling next year as
3: a must win. (laughs) You'd be like, because we're going to win the following year up there. I mean, that's, I'm so sad. I got to go purchase some jelly. Well, you do realize uh, that, and this is something that I think even the greatest of detractors for Florida State right now would admit to, that they're not. They're not even close to playing as good a football as they can. And that's, I have a feeling, just a hunch as we sit here today, in retrospect, I have a feeling that we're going to be like sitting there before the Miami game thinking it's going to be a good game, but we're going to feel much better about the way we look going into that game than we do sitting here contemplating that game today which is weird when you just beat Clemson on the road. Yeah,
2: yeah, I oh, agree. <laughs> well, they're also, they've also got two very difficult games themselves with North Carolina yeah. and Clemson between now and then. So if they have more weaknesses or if they're a little bit of a paper tiger, you're going to find out by that point. Or not, or they could play really well in those two games. But you're going to know more about Miami by the time it's Miami week. Uh, By the way, uh, I
3: will say this. Marcus, I saw you in the chat, and you're bouncing around my hometown there. And, yes, by all means, go to the uh, Dolly Museum if you get a chance. It's freaking awesome. Uh, Marcus writes, love the show. We need to use other runs besides counter. We have to have better passing plays other than jump balls or right in hill invisible. Marcus, we have them, buddy. We used them in the Whoa. LSU game. We used them all throughout camp. It's not a matter of not wanting to do it. Uh, they are having a hard time personnel-wise right now with some injuries Whoa. and some issues. Alex writes, I'm wondering if Mike is worried about making all of his weapons happy, which could be a negative and outthinking his own play calling. Could be. Don't know about that. Uh, tough take given a hard early slate, but did we whiff on all of this year's offensive line transfers? I don't know about whiff, but there's a reason those guys are in the portal. And, uh, you know, you're not getting the creme de la creme. You're just getting the best that's in the portal. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a good night. Peace.